A change of leadership in F1, Lewis lands on Time's list of the 100 most influential people. Will we see F1 start rotating tracks on the calendar? And all aboard the F1 train, comrades, we're off to Russia. Let's jump the start. everybody welcome back to the jump the start podcast it's wellington i'm back the fall guys uh marathon is over uh i'm here with two of my closest friends ruben say hello 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 world is back yancy hello so today's episode we will be discussing the the russian grand prix uh and also some of the news that's uh that's been going on swirling in the uh Formula One O-Sphere. Before then, I just want to make sure that we talk about where you can find us. You can find us on, of course, Twitter and Instagram at JumpTheStartF1. And we're also available as a podcast on YouTube, Jump to Start Racing podcast on YouTube. And we're also available on, let's let's see if I can remember this, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and I think that's it. So jumping into it, the news, Stefano Domenicali, new F1 CEO replacing Chase Carey. This gentleman was the Ferrari boss from 2008 to 2014. So he oversaw, Ruben, he oversaw the decay of the Ferrari empire from uh, Mark Michael Schumacher on down through like where we are now. Uh, he was the president also of the FIA Single Seater Commission. Yancy, this is uh, somebody coming from your team uh, to join the, I guess, the F1 management in place of Chase Carey. What do you think of this news? As much as you guys hate on Ferrari, it seems like all the Ferrari guys take all the important spots in the sport. You have John yeah, it's called Todd, a golden parachute. At, John Todd at, uh, at the FIA. Uh, you have um, you have Russ now, Braun. Uh, Ru- you have Russ Braun at, at you know heading up the technical department over at the FIA and making up the new rules, which hopefully well they will come in in 2022 and hopefully uh, make the racing better. And now you have Stefano Domenicali, who's very liked in the F1 paddock and has stayed in touch, uh, you know, with obviously Ferrari but the entire F1 world, and has been very instrumental in creating the step ladder up to f1 meaning that uh he's been, he was head of the fia single seater commission which in turn it used to be gp2 and then f3 and it was just a, a discombobulated mess nobody knew which driver was going where now it's f1 f2 f3 and that is the ladder to get up to formula one for drivers so um yeah i you know, we'll see what happens, but he seems to be very liked. It's good that it's somebody who actually knows the sport. Uh, it's not an American who, who, not saying that Chase Carey didn't do a bad job. Obviously, I think that ever since Liberty bought F1, it has been uh, a step in the right direction as far as getting getting the sport um, uh, more active on social media, getting it more popularity. Uh, basically bringing it up to the 20th century, the 21st century, 
um, but uh, now this uh, it is somebody who knows the sport, who's willing to grow the sport, who's who's been involved in the lower categories as far as creating that step ladder, now coming in to head up F1. I think it'll be a, a positive thing. I don't know. I don't. I, I, you guys mentioned these names. I probably know these guys by faces. I don't have. I'm a, I'm a horrible person to remember names. Who is the guy Chase? You guys mentioned. This is the guy. <laughs> He's the guy with the mustache, the, the huge the mustache. mustache. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that guy has been doing a horrible job. No, <laughs> the app is still not working. <laughs> Why? So what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do you I think say this that? Year, this year is because a testament what to how what we're on. doing. He suck at it. <laughs> Oh, what come we need on. him for? What do we need him for? <laughs> to fix the app so we don't have no glitches. F1 TV? <laughs> wow. I don't think that's his job, but... So let's put point, it this I way. Guess. In my opinion, to be able to pivot and to make this year work, I think Chase Carey and the whole F1 management has done a phenomenal job. I, I agree with you. I think they've done an awesome job considering how... When they bought F1, how... In the doldrums they were as far as just promoting the sport and making it to what it is now and i and we'll see what happens in 2022 but the the fact that we're going in the right direction uh we're we're, we're vying for a more competitive uh a sport in 2022 with the new rules coming in and also the cost cap coming in next year uh that is all something that was the vision of liberty when they bought the sport and it's coming to fruition and we'll see the, you know, we'll see it bear fruit, obviously, uh, in the next two years. That, in the last statement that Wells made, I, of course, I agree with him. For example, I think the only sport in the world right now that could come a little bit close to what F1 is doing is maybe the UFC. Everybody else is still miles behind them. I don't know if I agree. The NFL has pulled off two successful weeks with nobody getting positive with uh Yeah, COVID. but they're not going to different countries. You know, they're not Yeah, but they're going to different states. But they're yeah, they're different different states in the country that's most affected by COVID. Well, we don't want to talk about this, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're veering exactly. off way off topic. <laughs> yeah. So my only concern is we discussed that Chase Carey, he's an American, you know, coming from Liberty Media. We were making, by we I mean F1 and F1 fans, we're making some serious inroads into the American market, into the U.S. market. I am hesitant and I'm nervous about somebody that is from Europe being able to continue to grow the market in the Americas. Um, these are all European, I got to choose my words carefully, all European manufacturers, European based, obviously in the U.K., or Italy, it's it's need it needs to grow a little more worldwide, and it needs to have a more global focus. I just want to make sure that that's what's maintained. I think it will. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to know your own business model before you can grow it. Uh, Stefano Domenicali, I think, is well aware of the politics of F1 and how it works. He definitely has more connections worldwide. I get your point on growing it in the Americas because it's it's a big market that I believe F1 hasn't tapped to its potential. 
uh, can it tap it? Can it can it get as popular as one of the big four sports here? I, I don't think so. No. But you can definitely make inroads. Uh, I think that the we'll see what happens. I think you need you're gonna have to do. If you want to get more popular here in the States, you're going to have to do another race besides Coda uh, at Circuit of the Americas. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about other tracks like, you know, maybe at Laguna Seca. There's always been rumor to race there or in, even an Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But or even Miami. I don't know where that that has gone, especially th- those rumors seem to like disappear after COVID hit. Uh, but you're definitely going to need another race. We'll see what happens. I don't. I don't know what to tell you because I haven't heard anything else. But that is definitely a, a concern, a valid concern that you have, Wells. All right. So moving on to the next piece of uh, information, Lewis Hamilton, our boy. Well, me and Ruben's boy, <laughs> uh, named one of Time's top one hundred most influential people. So we know in Formula One, he's about to time. Michael Schumacher's race win record. He's about to become, I, I don't see anybody else standing in his way to become champion. Outside of that, though, you if you follow him on social media, he's constantly on climate change, constantly on the BLM movement, constantly on just uh, uh, animal, I guess, activism. He is, in a, in a way, like people may know him more for that type of stuff than actually racing. The people that aren't, Formula One followers because his fame and celebrity transcends the sport. Ruben, I know you're a big Lewis Hamilton fan. You're the one that got us into the, into racing itself, into the Formula One racing. What do you think about this? Uh... Listen, I think that um, this this uh, this side of Lewis Hamilton that has developed as he became more into vegan and taking care of his body and looking into all this, you know, all these things that are happening around the world. And, you know, obviously taking care of the world, you know, using less plastic. He's been, he's involved in all that stuff. That's nothing but positive things for him, for the world. You know, having a person that, you know, of, of this magnitude projecting that. You know, he's obviously, he's on the on the times list. He was in part of the Titans list. Something like that. So it's something, it's, you know, he's just like, oh, sportsman of the year or whatever. Top, you know, top 100 sports. No, he's, he's being looked at in a list. With no sports guys, you know, there's probably another couple of more sports guys there because I haven't looked at the list. But it's it's a list that has nothing to do with sports. It's pretty much obviously the sport aspect influences a little bit of it. But I think the 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 spot that he got on the list was for all his activities that he does outside of F one. And that he's trying to bring to the to the front, to the front stage, so it could get more light. And I you know, I'm all up for it. Yeah, he's um, he's a pretty spectacular guy considering, um, you know all you know, all that he's accomplished, and he still wants to accomplish more. And I respect him for that. I've become a fan of Lewis Hamilton, uh, just because one, he's a winner, and uh, you know we all love winners, and he is literally on the verge of breaking the all-time win record, or tying the all-time win, uh, win record in F1, breaking it, tying Michael Schumacher for the most championships. He's already the, you know, the, uh, holds the most poles in F1 history. I mean, the guy is just, just in F1, he's an amazing driver. And now 
he is taking advantage of his platform to amplify messages of not only unity, but also just to the betterment of the world in its entirety. And the guy, you know, travels the world, he sees the problems, and he uses his platform to amplify those needs. And and now he's taken another step forward, forward, you know, with the creation of the Hamilton Commission and other, um, you know, ventures that he has to actually try and be a part of the solution to solve these problems. So hats off to Lewis Hamilton. Well deserved to be on that list. Uh, I hope to see him there in more years to come. And I think he will be on that list again. Uh, just because he has a platform, he has a following. And honestly, all I see out of Lewis Hamilton is just positivity. He always says it. And it's something good to see out of a sports person or sportsman. Just to, to touch again on Wellington's thing about a uh, point about Ham, do you see Lewis Hamilton being a hundred Grand Prix winner? Because he's definitely breaking the record. Obviously, the way that the way the, the Mercedes car is performing, you know, this is already coming back to what he's accomplishing in the sport that we cover, you know, or that we that we like and we love. Do you see him passing a hundred wins? I definitely see it. Me too. I see it because who's gonna in the we're going to have the same cars this year. We have how many races left this year? We've Nine. We have nine races left. Who doesn't say that he wins all nine? Even if he gets yeah. five, he's already halfway to 100. Yeah. Um, so By the way, this is like records that at one point people thought they were untouchable. Yeah. Because I think the closest guy next to him is like better with 57. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> like, it's, it's um, you know, you look at these records and it's like, wow. And and I remember, I mean, I wasn't an F1 fan back when, when Michael Schumacher was, you know, running haywire all over F1. Uh, but you heard, you, we all knew who Michael Schumacher was. Regardless, Regardless if you follow, if Formula, you follow one Formula 1 or not. We yeah. all knew the guy drove the fastest car in the world, that he was a champion, and he was a seven-time no. champion. Say it, say it the right way, Yancy. We all knew that if you're driving any car around that time, and you're driving like a mania, they'll tell you, who do you think you are, Schumacher or something? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or, if, or just the same way somebody mentions a motorcycle, and you say, who do you think you are, you know, Valentino Rossi? Yep, like, yep. Schumacher, <laughs> I, nobody even thought that somebody would even come close. And just for it to be just so close after Schumacher retires, I mean, remember that that Lewis Hamilton drove an F1 at the same time that Schumacher was you know, driving at the tail end Still of his career. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just insane that he's even going to tie that record or even break that record. But uh, I think by next year, remember, we're going to have more races, so we're going to have anywhere from 21 to 22 races next year. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, definitely, he's going to break up. He'll, he'll break 100 wins even before we get to 2022 and the rules change. Because wow. we're going to have the same cars this year and next year what's not to say mercedes won't be just as dominant so still outside of formula one he broke into formula one in 2007 Seven. right 2011 he was in cars two as like the, the the fastest car that uh what's his name had to be um <laughs> as himself yeah as himself 
he was he, he was on Christina Aguilera's album. We he, nobody knew about, but nobody knew about, but he revealed himself to be XDNA. be that per, XDNA. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, la, what was it? Last year, two years ago, he re- released a clothing line with Tommy Hilfiger. Yes. So he's a driver. He's an act, uh, voice actor, uh, singer, and a clothing designer. What's my opinion is, or my question is, what's going to be next for him? Like it, he just continues to expand his brand, the brand of Lewis Hamilton, and that creates such a platform for him that it's it's almost inevitable for oh, him let's to be not on forget a he's list now like a team owner. That's right. In the X the X Drive series, which is yep. basically the the SUV electric rally series, which is right up his alley, considering that you know that he. He does push, you know, uh, environmental change or you know, more green, a more green world. So, I mean, the sky's the limit. I don't know if he'll ever be an F one team owner. That's big, but I mean, either way, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's proven that uh, he can do anything he wants to do and be successful at it, or even be moderately good, uh, considering. And on top of that, being the best considered. The goat in the in the, dra- the greatest of all time in, in F one. I mean, I, I if he breaks that record, which I think he will, there's no doubt he'll be the goat. Yeah, he's won at least one race every single season he's been in F one. That is insane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next piece of news: the. How do I say this? The team bosses or a lot of the team bosses have backed the idea of having tracks rotate in and out of the calendar from year to year. Uh, we've seen, obviously, Mugello this year. Uh, have we come across any other new ones? We saw uh, we're going to be seeing Portugal. We're going to be seeing um, Nürburgring come back, Turkey come back. Is this the way that uh, Formula One is going to be headed, Yancy? Yeah, I think so. And it seems like uh the you know, all the F one team bosses are behind it too. It it wouldn't be a bad idea considering that we've gotten a few you know, Mugello wasn't you know as far as like pure racing the greatest race, but it was definitely entertaining. And that's because a lot of the teams didn't know the track too well or didn't know, you know, there were certain variables that that some teams didn't know as far as race day. So if you can bring in at least one or two tracks where you can rotate them, yeah, why not? You know, uh, we'll see what happens at Emola. We'll see what happens at Port But I, I think that there's going to be some variables that we can't think of right now, but something will pop up. We'll shake things up a little bit. At least we'll have some interesting racing and it won't be these parades that sometimes we get. Uh, but yeah, I think it's the way to go. I think uh, this was the year to try new things, and F1 has definitely tried new things, and we'll see what happens at at Emola with the two day race weekends. Mm. Uh, and if it's if it's deemed to be successful, F I don't see, you know Liberty Media since they've been the owners have been open to shake things up a little bit to bring something new into the sport, which it desperately needed, um, you know, before they bought it and. Yeah, I like the idea. Why not? And we get to see, you know, some new tracks or some tracks that I've never seen before. Since, you know, since I'm a 
basically consider a new F1 fan. I love watching the racing at uh, at, at Magello. I, I love watching those cars, you know, go around that track. That track was absolutely beautiful. It was it was mayhem, obviously, with everything that went on. It was it was actually you know it was an entertaining weekend. I actually like the idea of you know doing that. It gives us also more of a how do you, how would you word that? More of a suspense at the beginning of the year. Suspense. Like, so suspense. Was, you know because now because yeah. you were um you will be wondering where are we headed this year. I'm like damn you know like oh we're doing it this weekend oh can I so I could make plans for that weekend probably to go see that race over there because it's probably near a bigger city or you know or vice versa. Listen. Uh, Liberty Media has shown that they're open. They're, you know, like I just said, like they could shake things up, and they're brought. They have been bringing constantly changes to F1. Some work, some don't. I think this might work. I do, mean, we've seen guys, something. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, just a quick question. I'm putting you guys on the spot. Any tracks that you guys would be interested in, you know, coming onto the F1 calendar that you've heard coming onto the calendar yeah. or coming back. Coming back or coming off? How about this? Like, it would be nice. I don't know if they'll be doing it because Vietnam is new. But if you do Vietnam and alternate it with, like, Malaysia, which is a classic track, uh, what I would like to see... track to come back onto To the bring calendar. back, yeah. yeah. What I would like to see is, like, for example, what they've already... What they have already done with the German Grand Prix where one year it was at Nürburgring, the next year it was at Hockenheim and they would alternate like that. Maybe they could do that with like Mugello and Imola. Maybe they could do that with Vietnam and Malaysia. It's just really, it's about the contracts because main, uh, building and maintaining these facilities, it comes with a specific cost and these people need to recoup their money. And the way they recoup their money, we were just looking up the attendance numbers. 2019, the Canadian GP had 307,000 people come through the gates if each person spends three dollars that's a million dollars yep and we definitely spend more than three dollars well i'd like to see some races at indianapolis motor speedway and uh, laguna seca i mentioned those earlier i think it'll be cool to see an f1 car go through uh, the banking at indianapolis motor speedway which would be hella cool uh and we would have seen some of that if we would have had the race at uh, you know a car go through some banking and we would have seen it at uh uh, in in the Netherlands at uh I forgot the, the name of the track uh, the Dutch Grand Prix um that's another uh, yeah that's another one. That's, yeah that would there's so many that were being added this year yeah we just didn't even get to see Vietnam and Zandvoort mm-hmm. and I love to see uh see the F1 cars go through the corkscrew at, at Laguna Seca that'll be awesome too that'll so. be awesome yeah. yeah yeah I think I remember playing that track on a in like Grand Turismo USA, right oh my God. <laughs> On the arcade cruising USA, that was like one of the toughest turns to take on the. On the, on the, on the <laughs> I remember being with my yeah, PS1 you took it back, steering bro. wheel. Of course, I went back. Man, come on, cruising my PS1 USA. steering wheel on Gran Turismo. <laughs> but uh, so Bugello was the. It had a lot of variables in the sense that, like, it was the first time that they saw that track, so there was a lot of. I guess variability and uh, just X factors as far as how the race was going to go. And we saw that with, in particular, where the where Valtteri Bottas accelerated from the from the safety car. That's something that the drivers weren't used to, even though we saw F2 handle that properly. Yeah, well, it's 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 less data. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while in a lot of circles in F1. 
you give the teams less data, then there's more. You add more variables to what they don't know, and you can easily make a mistake, and another team could take advantage of it. That's what you know, and, that, and that's exactly what they're going to be doing at Imola with the two-day race weekends. Less data. You, you know, I, I know some some people love the data, but you know, if you know if you know it, then it could be predictable. If you don't know it, then then it could be fun. So then which which track try things. Yeah. which track takes the L and is gone? Which track takes the L? Because you can't have 40 races a year, right? I don't yeah. think they're not going to take an L because they're looking to expand up to 25 races. So Jeez. I don't, you know, it's going to happen. Eventually it will. Because there, you know, a lot of promoters now, and this, has been, this is going to be the trend going forward, they're not gonna play. They're gonna pay the race fees, but they're not gonna pay as much anymore. So F1 needs more income. Uh, you know they'll spread it out. Twenty five races make less, but in the long run they'll make more. You yeah, know, and because you know, because right now you're not putting all the burden on the promoters to make the money, because that was the yeah. issue that was happening before. I think. I think the also what it has to do is. For example, I think for us here having more races, what I was thinking, I've been thinking this for for a little minute already. Like for example, if you if you add another race so close, and like for example, if you try to do them like after Canada kind of stuff, or you know have just a, the America races done at the same time, it will be tough to do multiple races. I believe in the U.S. for fan attendance, it will be it could be a double edged sword because you know since it's so close and people are used to traveling to these events, you don't have enough time. You know, some people might go to one but not go to the other. That makes a lot of sense, but then, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, I was, Europe, I was, we don't I was, see that. I was going to mention, you know, to Mexico and Canada together. It's not too far, but then it's different countries, so it's... Yeah, know, but we do Austin cool. and Mexico back-to-back, -back, and they're even closer geographically. Yeah, but, yeah, but, geographically, but, but it's two different countries, so it's, you know, it's like some maybe... It's not, it's not Europe. Some U.S. <laughs> fans are, are willing to go to Texas, but they're not willing to go to Mexico, so... It, it's it's a lot of things that that go into play. Obviously, FOMs are a lot smarter than us when it comes, and they have more data <laughs> to to do these things. But I I think a second race in in, in the U.S. would definitely help out. It's not like it but, hasn't been done before. So, but if they're not done back to back, they have the potential of having more attendance. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then if you could do one in the north and one in the south, it'll be even better. Yeah. Too. Because I could yeah, definitely go to all. Yeah, I will go to all of them if, if I can. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. I would, too. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, tracks and fans and all that uh, lovely stuff in 2020, uh, there were the officials were talking about, in Nürburgring, for what is called the Eiffel Grand Prix, selling approximately 20,000 tickets to fans. It's not the full Nordschleife track, so obviously it's not like across the however long the, the track is. But what do you guys feel about finally opening up to ticket sales? Because we had fans at Mugello, but that was first responders. Yeah, yeah it was so only it like 3,000 fans, I think the most, like two or 3,000 fans. So, And I'm assuming that that venue holds close to 100,000 people. I'm not, I don't know the numbers. But and I also heard that at at uh at the Nurburgring it can hold up to anywhere from what 150,000 fans. So 20,000 fans is literally a drop in the bucket. But I think 
you know, going through all of this stuff and we're still going through it now. We're a bit traumatized to see that many people together. Uh, or at least we are here in New York. Some yeah. people in, in other parts of I the think, country are not. So I think if you space it out to other track, it's going to be a sucky race to watch because you're going to pretty much be by yourself where you're watching it from. But I think that we probably distance. Remember, wherever you go right now is six, six feet. You could put 20,000 people that six feet away from each other with no problem. If they used to have, you know, over a hundred or whatever. No, especially if they're in groups, like if you're in a family, you know, in a cluster of people that you're usually around in. Exactly. It wouldn't be a bad idea. And the driver, so it's not like the drivers or any other personnel are going to be like that close to the fans anyways. I'm pretty sure they're not going to hold like autograph sessions or anything like that. Yeah. So, so we don't think it's a terrible idea is what we're saying. No, man. I, I think at some point, you know, like I said, we've all been a bit traumatized by all of this that's been going on. Uh, we're highly vigilant, quite stressful, uh, considering all the things that we have to juggle. If we have a chance uh, to go see some race cars, as we have F1 fans, you know, love to see these cars going around the track. And, and you know, seeing them live is, you know, seeing them on TV is great, but seeing them live is just an out-of-this-world experience if you love race cars and if you love F1. So if we can have at least... You know, put a smile on a few people's faces down in Germany, which they've been doing a great job of handling the, you know, this whole situation. If they can do it safely, uh, why not? You know, as long as it, it doesn't, I don't think it'll affect anybody in the paddock. But, it, you know, we can sit in the grandstand and watch some F1 cars just, you know, go around the track and, you know, see some racing and see qualifying, qualifying laps. And, yeah, go, man, go for it. Go for it. And if you, so, if you give if you don't feel it's safe, then just don't go. So I'm thinking about the other aspect of watching that race. So they're gonna have vendors. So I have to get down from my seat now, or go to my trunk to get beer. Where am I gonna get a drink? Where I'm, you know? <laughs> well, no, it's only twenty thousand people. You no, know? I, I think they they do have vendors. They do have vendors. So uh, here's the solution. You remember that helmet with the two beers on the side and the straw? There you go. That's <laughs> also a solution. <laughs> yeah, but the Nurburgring, Ruben knows because he's been there and, you know, he, he set one of the fastest laps. <laughs> Nurburgring itself is literally set into a forest. It's very open air, very out in nature. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this works out. I know that they're going to have uh, football soccer games out in Germany with uh, fans in attendance I think sometime soon I'm not sure actually but we'll see so Let's touching on uh, on what Wellington just mentioned of the of the remembering uh, we landed where it was in Frankfurt and it was a two and a half hour drive from there to the neighboring the neighboring is in country city dude. like that's there's a lot a ton of space up there I don't think Anywhere in Germany, you're going to have cleaner air than up there. <laughs> it looks like a Yancy. Game of Thrones forest or something. The dude. Yes. Yeah. Yancy, it's far. Wilderness. Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't see elves. <laughs> it's far. But once you're up there, dude, it's like everything racetrack in that little area. You know, obviously, some companies have their testing facilities there and stuff like that. Like BMW has a testing facility for the M cars and stuff like that. But once you're there, everything is also very spacious. We happened to get lucky when we went that weekend and there was a festival going to start that Saturday or something like that. 
and there was a bunch of people all over the place just camping, like on the side of the road. Like I guess the what is what is normally used for parking. People were there like with their motorhomes and trailers and just tents, camping for the festival that was happening over the weekend. Yeah, but let's so go. So there man. is. I want to go. They're no, they're wow. used to having a ton of people up there. We can't leave the country. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're used to having a ton of people oh up God. there, and uh, you know, you make I'm it sound like area. it's a like honestly, if if it's a. It, it's one of those races that I would go to if I had a chance to just because I know we're able to stay apart from people. And if I can see an F1 car, yeah, you're, you're getting me excited just talking about it, but I can't even go. Dude, and I'm, I'm, you're probably not going to get a, a better area distance-wise and clean than that area. Yeah, yeah a spa. Yeah, yeah. A spa? Yeah, a spa. It's similar. I don't know. It was like, as you can tell, it was like a pilgrimage for us. <laughs> <laughs> So the the last little bit of news that I want to talk about, it's actually something that slipped through the the cracks for us because of the timing of the announcement. And uh, I just wanted to go over quick thoughts from you guys. Sebastian Vettel officially to Aston Martin next year, replacing Checo Perez. Ruben, go. This sucks, man. (laughs) This guy just saved your jobs, dude. And you're firing him? Come on, man. You, this guy literally saved the company. And bro, stroll in. Like, stroll. Can you at least be thankful with this guy and give him... He really brought him in? <laughs> huh? He brought him in? Meaning he gave him the opportunity because he was the one that brought the team to... What do what you call that? Um, to administration. To yeah. To administration. There you go. To bankruptcy court. Whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> this guy like was able to save all these jobs. And all he's getting is like a bye-bye hug. Yeah, we don't need you anymore. No We're not going to continue with your contract. We are actually... You know, exercising the, that small clause that you didn't read when you signed. You don't. <laughs> have, you don't. You. They said you don't have to go home, but you got. We get were lied to. We were lied to because they said that they said earlier. I think it was by um, it was it was Racing Point that said that they didn't have an opt out option in Checo's contract just to to simmer down some of the speculation that was going on. Uh, did. Apparently they did, but apparently they did, and I was right. And Vettel was going to well, it's a racing point. And uh, I know you felt bad, Ruben, because you wanted him to go to, to Red Bull. But I told you that wasn't an option. <laughs> <laughs> Come back home. So then the flip side of that is, Yancy, what do you think about Checo Perez? Is he going to race again in F1? Where is he going to go? He deserves to be in F1 for sure. Uh, he uh, He mentioned that he wanted to be in... In a competitive seat, uh, I don't see that happening. I, your two options are Haas and Alfa Romeo. Uh, I mean, obviously they're both Ferrari customer. You know, they're both Ferrari customers, so they're not Alfa really Romeo going is more competitive than the Ferrari right now. Uh, thank you for reminding <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you know that those are his two options right now. I don't see him anywhere else. The other option is to go to another series. I think he'll be. Actually, I think he'll do great in IndyCar. He'll he'll definitely, any team will scoop him up. There's been rumors that he's been tied to McLaren. I think McLaren will run a third car for him. Because this is, you know, IndyCar is not like F1 where you just have the two cars. You can add, if you have the budget and you have the sponsorship, you can add another car to your team. Uh, McLaren is interested in adding, you know, with his, with the amount of sponsors that, uh, that, uh, that Checo brings in, uh, the Mexican sponsors, and obviously one of his big backers is Carlos Slim, one of the richest men in the world. Uh, they'll definitely have 
he'll definitely have enough sponsorship to run another team in the IndyCar. And the sponsors will definitely be interested because it's in the Americas. So he'll be it'll it'll bring in a lot of ra- a lot of Mexican racing fans, uh, to uh, a lot of eyeballs on IndyCar as well, and uh, it'll also be beneficial for him as well. So that's also another option for him. Where do I see it going? He'll probably stay in F1. I don't see why he would leave F1 if he has an opportunity, but it'll be cool to see him in IndyCar for sure. I like both options, by the way. I like. I think if he stays in Formula One, he's definitely going to go to Haas. That's at least for himself and the sponsors. The option to go to Haas is the best one. And for Haas, yeah, and for Haas, money Haas, in. yeah, for both, 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 you know, for actually also for the for the team itself, because Haas is an American company having a guy from the Americas and has, that team. And Haas's sphere of influence is not only all North America, but but South America. You know, including all yes, American they want to keep yeah. expanding the market on the America. Mm-hmm. In uh, in IndyCar, I think he'll also be a very good ad for the same purpose. You know, of him being in the Americas. I mean, the the driver that the Mexican driver, Mexican descent. I don't know if he's fully Mexican. The gentleman of uh, that I'm going to mention. I believe his name is Pato O'War or War. He's like Mexican. Pato yeah, Pato he is Mexican. He and he races for McLaren also, and he's doing very well. Yeah. Really he has good. a nice future. Young he's guy. Actually, he's actually in in in, in IndyCar. He is. I don't think he'll 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 win the championship, but he is challenging for the championship. He's up there. He's been racing compared to where he was years. last year. He's doing awesome this year. Well, he he, he was racing he's for wrong. he was racing for the Red Bull, Red Bull team in F two this time last year, and wow. uh, and he decided to go to IndyCar because obviously it would go better for him. He's he's an awesome talent. I can't wait. I, I'm an IndyCar. He's definitely fan, showing so. that he's not Marcus Erickson. <laughs> yeah, and Marcus Erickson isn't technically a better team in IndyCar than than exactly. But yeah, so it, my, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if that happens. I think that he does go to Haas. Obviously, it's just it makes sense. I'm going to give you the other side of this. If Kevin Magnuson stays with Haas, I think that he beats the brakes off of. Checo Perez. I think he is at this point right now in their careers. I think he is the better driver. You think Kevin Magnuson will be Checo? Yes. That is a bold statement. Nobody, I don't. Nobody thinks that Kevin Magnuson is a better driver than Checo. You think it would do it multiple? Like, let's say if he if he signs up for a multi year deal, I can see the first year just because Kevin Magnuson is familiar with the car. You don't think that Checo can beat him in the second year? No. No, no. Wellington did not say that he believes Magnussen is a better driver than, than Paris. Wellington said that Magnussen will beat him on the house because Magnussen's already been there. He knows the team. He knows the car. But, but if there's you, something missing in, in the Magnussen no, wait, camp. Wait. If you beat, because, if you beat mm-hmm. somebody, you could say that you're better than him. Doesn't mean you, no, it doesn't mean you're better than him. You, could, you may have, you know, you may have... The package that that Magnussen have and, and Paris not going to have it when he comes in. Yeah, but that's why I doesn't mean, doesn't mean Magnussen is better than him. Yeah, but so then you would you would say that Wellington just said that he wouldn't he wouldn't beat him in the second year. Exactly. You no, guys so are Magnussen wouldn't be Magnussen. I didn't say. <laughs> right, hold on, hold on. Magnussen going to clarify. But Magnussen would beat Checo even in the second year. Now that you guys are hearing what I'm not saying. <laughs> huh? We just, Wellington saying that we just heard something yeah, what totally did, different than what he said. <laughs> what, ahead, what did you say again, Wellington? 
I said that if Checo joins Haas, Haas, Kevin Magnussen would beat him. So what I'm going to say, I'm going to extend that. If it's next year, if it's the year beyond that, he's going to beat him. I think that you see Lance Stroll performing better than Checo Perez. And what do we think about Lance Stroll? That he sucks. Right. We saw that Esteban Ocon was very competitive with him. You know, at the tail end of, the, I guess the uh, well, I guess the two years that Ocon was with Force India at so the time. So you're saying that Checo's on the decline. I'm saying that Checo is on the decline. He's he's got his pluses. He can manage the tires, which Haas actually needs. <laughs> but <laughs> I just don't see I just don't see him being able to beat many of the other drivers on the grid right now. Mm, man. I got a question for you. You so got a good point, but I Magnuson. disagree. Yeah. How do you get Magnuson to be solid? Get he him a good car. Weekends and then he just goes all the way to the back. The car is a problem. It's faster than the Ferrari. Listen, Haas needs to blow that team up. I, I think Haas will get rid of both drivers, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so yeah. we'll never see this dream scenario. No, I don't think. I mean, Ro, Grosjean was on his way out anyways. Uh, I'm surprised Grosjean's even in F1 this year. The last two years, I'm surprised he's been signed up. But. He's cheap. He's, I yeah. Think he's, he's, he's that because he's cheap. And who are they going to bring? Hockenberg? And and Kevin Magnussen oh. hasn't exactly been lights out. So I, I think they're going to get. They, are, they, they would bring Hockenberg in. I think this is the year that he's shown us like a major over-the-top shift in drivers. Two years ago, there was some shift as well, but this is like the one that super breakthrough, you know? There's still hope for me. Yeah. Huh? There's still hope for you, of course. So here's what I'm going to say, I'll just to wrap up on was. Haas. I'll be your sponsor. Thank you. <laughs> just to wrap up on Haas, remember that last year, they went back to the Australia Specs car. For being wanksters? I'm sorry? What are they called? Wanksters? Yeah. <laughs> Wankers? Wankers. Because their car in general was just so bad, not just the engine. But it, who was the one that said that? It was Grosjean. Okay, good. They're, not Magnus. You don't know what happens in the team. What saved Haas last year was that they have the, they had the engine. The Ferrari Last engine. year, yeah. Last year, not this year. The obviously. cheating engine. I don't know. Yeah. Well, listen, you got you to gotta do what you got to do to win, man. <laughs> So we all agree he's – we believe that Checo will go to Haas. He will what? Checo will go to Haas. Um, yeah, it, it is the best option. But I've also heard rumors that he's going to go to Alpha. And that and that Haas – because Haas ha- definitely has has had some kind of talks with Hulkenberg even last year. But why not? Or you hey, can get a dream it, team and get Hulkenberg and, and Checo. That's what I'm saying. Haas it might be a good thing time. to have them both together again. That wouldn't be a bad driver, I know. Can you imagine you fire me from my, the team that I helped save? Now I got my old partner here. Because remember, they were together at Force India. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I almost forgot the most important, important piece of news this whole week. I can't believe you guys almost let me get through this without saying it, but Nico Hulkenberg is now officially engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the e-bite? Uh, not yet. I'm waiting for it in the mail. Um, oh, I got if my not, I will photo my, Photoshop myself into it. <laughs> so yeah, just, I'll be I'll be taking care of his dog while I'm there. 
Dog shitter. The little, <laughs> Yanchi the dog shitter. The, the little, I don't know what it is. Is it Shih Tzu or whatever dog it is. <laughs> so obviously with that bit of news, we saved the best for last. But moving on to the Russian Grand Prix race preview. So guys, you know what we have to talk about first. What does the track look like to you? <laughs> I didn't even look into that, bro. Oh my Pull God. up the track map. Hold on. <laughs> so to me, I'm going to go first, obviously. So to me. What is it? You're going to save yours. So to me, save his opinion. the track itself, it looks like a bottle opener. A lot of tracks look like a bottle opener. You said yeah, that before. But this you one need for something sure. new, man. Okay, so, so, all right, so wait, wait, so this one looks like a, a bottle opener the bartender would use. Right, right. <laughs> like the one that's attached to, to her <laughs> yep. belt or whatever. The belt. <laughs> yeah. And then the backside of it, you see the top part where the start-finish street is. It looks like one of those... Uh, uh, the safety razors that they could flip back. Oh yeah, yeah. The, at, the, at the barbershop. The barber <laughs> Maybe that's what it is with the handle. I don't know. Yeah, doesn't that kind of look that? Doesn't that area look kind of like Baku? At the front, you know, it look, does look like a safety. Well, yeah. Razor. Guess yeah. what? It's Herman Tilka designing it. So, so these, like to all these like damn a safety razor the with the with the area that covers it, a real big one. You know, like a small a small blade, but a big a big uh, retractable thing, whatever you want to call it. That's, that, I, I will go with a safety razor better. <laughs> we done can't, can't open it. Right. Cut we, we need to. We need to. We need to. Comp- any animals? Any animals? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> we, no. <laughs> no. We see any a animals, rattlesnake, maybe. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> with the head at the at the bottom and the, the start finish area at you know the being the rattle itself. I don't know. Maybe a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to it's say a real skinny raccoon. I just wanted to say raccoon. I don't see a raccoon there at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no animals either. Uh. So, um, just the track description itself. It's another track designed by legendary track designer Herman Tilka. You call him legendary? Yeah, dude. Yeah, let's not. Um, you know, I looked, I did a little bit of research on this. Let's not get ahead of ourselves on bashing him. He designed uh, Austria. Which is a great track. He designed Malaysia. That is a good uh, track too. Bahrain, I don't really like it that much. I think that Shanghai, but Bahrain the track in does China, give up some good races. Yeah, Shanghai. Shanghai is actually a nice track. He designed Marina Bay uh, in Singapore, Marina Bay Circuit. That's another good track too. He also designed what Bernie Ecclestone called the greatest race track ever, which was Istanbul, Turkey. Which we're going so, back. This yeah. year and this year. Ooh. Yep, exactly. And Why then is from, this guy not in a position somewhere? From there, he just it went to clunkers. It went to Yas Marina, Sochi. Oh, but he did throw in Coda. Uh, he, he designed Coda. Oh, he designed Coda. Yeah, too. but that's the thing. Like when he, I was, Coda's actually a really good track. I, uh, what makes Coda good is because it's wide. So you can get, you know, some it's, good rates. Dude, everything's bigger in Texas, dude. Yes, Texas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what I think what he's done with the last few tracks that he's designed is that he's taken elements. You know, he's got he's resting on his laurels. He's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna take uh, turn eight from Turkey, and uh, I'm gonna take uh, the uh, the the S's from Maggots and Beckett's, and I'll put them all on the same track. <laughs> you know, that's what he's done, and uh, you know, some have been hit, some have been not. Coda, I love, uh, but Russia, I you know, I, as I mentioned last podcast, I'm not really, I never really look forward to Russia. I'm I'm just holding hope. That's gonna be a good race. 
We yeah. do get safety cars here, so. So, right at the start, um, there is a, turn one is a small kink, we'll call it. So, what ends up happening is, and this happened last year, is the person that's in pole position is actually in danger of being passed by essentially anybody behind them because they're creating such a slipstream down to turn two. Uh, it's it's essentially a very long straight. That leads into, I'll call it big parabolica, where it's a it's a big left hand turn. That's two, that's three, the, four, uh, and the imitation. And it ends at five. Turkey. Would you say yes? That's the imitation tornado in Turkey of this track. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. And then it becomes very angular from there. It's the the typical um, new style Herman Tilka, just like Baku, like you said. Um, unfortunately his turns 16, 17, which is a chicane and then 18 into 19, it just leads into too much distance between the cars because they can't follow so closely. And that kind of kills going into that long straight, but that's, that's Russia, uh, to talk about some history. It's, it's a track that's been raced at in modern Formula One for the last six years, won by Mercedes the last six years. Four of those six were Lewis Hamilton, and the other two were um, Nico Rosberg. Uh, in no, 2019, Rosberg we. Bottas. Bottas won? Yeah, Bottas yeah he won, won in 2017. Oh, that was his first race win. He does well in this track. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he does he, very well in this track. He does do very well. He, he can't win this weekend, though. We, we need him to tie. To tie uh, Michael Schumacher. Yep. Yeah, you're in the minority on this one. A lot of people want Botas to win. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I don't want Botas to win. Botas should continue sucking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get to there, uh, 2019, it was the podium was Hamilton, Botas, Leclerc. Uh, 2018, it was Hamilton, Bottas, Vettel. 2017, Bottas, Vettel, Kimi, and then etc. It was just all Mercedes winners. Ruben, do you know any interesting track history here? Uh, the only interesting thing is that it's done over uh, pretty much the area where the Olympics was held. So it's done around the Olympic uh, Village. Yeah, Olympic Village of 2014. It's too young. And then didn't Mercedes race here a hundred years before the track was brought back, or the Russian GP was brought back? Yeah, it was uh, the one 1913 and 1914. And those are the, so only, the only two other times that they've, they've held the Grand Prix in Russia? Yep. Ruben saw Mercedes is one of more? Yep. Wow. Okay. So, uh, you cannot forget the, before Mercedes came back to Formula One, they were very dominant in the past. Before no, I know that. Came. Yeah. Okay. Thank I, you. I Thank got you. it. Oh, I know the history. <laughs> I'm not a fan, but I know the history. So one other piece of information is that Netflix for Drive to Survive Season 3 is following Mercedes at this track. And it, then now it's becoming, it's like a jinx. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Max might win. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost lock it in. I would go to Vegas right now. And say Max is win. Both Mercedes cars are going to crash out or something. It's like the Madden curse. Oh, so 
yeah, last year when um, when Netflix was in the Mercedes paddock was doing Hockenheim, and that was a wild race for them. I know Bottas went out early, and then the the batch stop over the top. That I don't even want to call in, it. In, 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 in. That was the race with in, 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 right? Where uh, Lewis Hamilton was was going to pit, and then they were like, no, 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 stay out, stay out. Or no, am I thinking, that was no. the one where he broke his win like at the last turn, uh, and he went in, you know, super late that they weren't ready for him. It started so raining. Yeah, it was raining because I remember yeah. right before him, Leclerc went out. So when Lewis came in, they were not ready. They brought out the wrong tires. They were dressed with the you know with like outfits. Yeah, it was a one minute like. Uh, also, it was a, I think Lewis crashed right after Leclerc crashed. Yes, yeah. right there. In the same yeah, spot. the same which spot. is and crazy. The, and the drag strip, which turned into an ice hockey rink. I mean, yeah, when it rained. The worst part about that whole that whole weekend was Total Wolf and Lederhosen. That was terrible. So predictions. Who wants to go first? I will. Uh, just because I want Ham to tie. Hamilton, Bottas, Max. Best of the rest this weekend. Uh, you know what? I'll go with Stroll, even though he sucks. But <laughs> oh, you guys answer. Who's in fifth? No, I said, oh, you want fifth too? Let's go top uh, five, man. Let's do it. The, you know, the, you know, listen, the real, the real battles are in the midfield, man. Science. Oh, okay. How about you, Wells? I'm going to go Ham win, Bodas second. Uh, I think Bodas will get pole position. Um, That's another add to the, to the weekend. Who do you think is going to get pole position? Yeah, Bodas for good. sure. I think that third place will be Lance Stroll. Third place? Yes. Wow, then, what makes um, you say that? The engine. Yeah. I think that um, the Red the Red Bull, oh, damn, I feel like I, we said this, what, for, what was the fast, like we said this in Spa, we said this in like a couple other races where the Red Bull actually did pretty well. Um, but I feel like it'll be exposed. I feel like that Mercedes engine will stretch his legs um, and, and we'll see them, them including Racing Point, but not. Not Checo. I just don't see it coming out of him this this year anymore. Uh, and then in fourth, fourth I have Ricardo. Fifth I have Signs. Whoa. Mm, not too not far, Max anywhere. Huh? Whoa. Damn, you Dude, think we Max just will saw finish his out of power the top unit. five? Yeah, I think his power unit is all. So what up. is it? The engine's gonna, gonna have yeah, out on them, I yeah, I, I read somewhere that Red Bull's not even developing that engine anymore. Like, they're not going to keep developing that engine anymore. Right, and who's fighting with that engine right now? Renault, <laughs> and that benefits McLaren. Yep. And this is definitely a track that Renault runs well in, too. Would run well in because they have these long straights. Yeah, high speed. 90-degree corners. I hate 90-degree corners. They just make the racing. It's just it's horrible. The only time I like 90-degree corners is in Baku because... Because they have whatever. Uh, that's another. That's another topic. But at least Baku has like this, this, this uh, thing sector two where they have you know going through that castle section. Uh, it makes a little thing uh, things a little bit more interesting. Um, but this place has too many ninety degree corners. Um, my uh, Hamilton wins, of course. Come on, Yee! and yeah, a uh, uh, Botas will, will get pole, but he'll come in second because. He doesn't even hold a candle to Lewis. Uh, I think Max gets third, man. I don't. I. I 
I don't foresee they've had two weeks off. I don't for I, I foresee a Honda fixing any issue that they have with the engine. Max is definitely fast enough. He'll be the only one that can challenge the Mercedes or come close to the Mercedes. So I see Max getting third. Uh, we'll do Renault fourth uh, with Ricardo. And fifth, Lance Stroll. Okay. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't. I, I think that the, the Renaults will go well in they, they they usually do well on these kind of tracks. No, well, they're so doing not, well on not, these kind of tracks. Uh, so and that Renault engine out. is actually very improved. So and the, there's a really good battle going on between Renault, McLaren, and and Racing Point right now. So, but I I, I think that the Renault will do well here. So fourth for what do you, what, what do you put Leclerc? Dude. <laughs> okay, no answer. Come on. <laughs> Seriously? No, it's your boy. I, I don't see Ferrari even getting into the points, top man. Yeah, I think he'll do top 10 for sure. I think he'll do top 10 for sure. You think Vettel will do top 10 also? Nope. Vettel wants out. Vettel and I Vettel, think it, seems like, it seems like Checo Perez is falling into the Vettel, into the yep. Vettel doldrums. It's like, ah, yeah, I'll just drive. Until I get yeah. to my team next year. That's crazy, considering how Kimmy did last week. <laughs> he beat the Ferrari. That's crazy. But wait, wait, wait. And he also went through battle. Because he, you know, all the action was he, right in front of him. Yeah, all the action was in front of him. Dude, he was actually seen. He had first row seat. Drivers of the day last week, uh, last race should have been Grosjean and Kimmy just for getting through the entire race. They were literally in both accidents and in both yep. major accidents, and they still finished the race, which is crazy, especially Grosjean. <laughs> Gentlemen, anything else before we enjoy this race weekend? No, man, I'm just hoping uh, we get we've gotten a safety car five out of the six races here in, in Sochi. So maybe the the safety car will spice things up a little bit, depending on when it, when it happens. So expect the safety car. We haven't had a red flag at Sochi. Maybe does it even rain again. in Sochi? I don't know. You're not gonna expect that. It doesn't really do that. No. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that'll make this race interesting, I think, is a safety car. If not, it'll be a straightforward race, and then our predictions will be spot on. Yes, sir. All right, so everybody, make sure to check us out on social media. Jump to start at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Jump to Start Podcast on YouTube. And obviously, if you're listening on a podcast uh, platform, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. I don't think I missed any. You didn't. So Are you sure? Maybe. <laughs> We're also on YouTube. Oh, I said that. Um, that's it. Enjoy the race. Bye. Yeah.